Hello and welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning management in small teams, businesses and organisations between 2 and 150 people. My name is Cedric. This podcast is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. Today, I want to take this podcast episode to talk about taking care of yourself in this time. So I know in the previous episode, uh, I talked about transitioning from a working together environment to a work from home environment and how, and sort of like some tips to deal with that, given that you're a manager. um, And I don't think there are many guides out there written for managers. A lot of them are written uh, for individual contributors who are responsible for work in the company and talking about how to transition from a environment where you, you know, you're all physically together in the office and your your company, your processes, your systems are not set up for remote work. And then now you, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, you are forced into a remote work configuration. Um, so last week was about that. But I realized one thing that I should have sort of thought about, uh, given that, you know, it's sort of worsened in the two weeks that we've seen, we've, we've, we've talked, um, that how do you as a manager take care of yourself, right? Because if you're responsible for uh, the well-being uh, and the productivity of your team and you want to be there for your people, then the analogy that I keep thinking, uh, circling back to is the analogy of, you know, when you're in an airplane, you're always told that you have to put the oxygen masks on first for yourself before you put on the masks for your children or your loved ones or your dependents. And so similarly here, I wanted, I wanted to spend 15 minutes just talking about certain things that you can do or things that I found helpful to me uh, during this period to sort of cope with uh, the increased stress and increased anxiety around COVID-19. And this is a, a little bizarre for me to recall because uh, I don't normally think of myself as someone who can be easily affected by global macroeconomic or um, what do you call it, um, global news, right? I, 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 like, I have a self-image of myself as a fairly hardy person um, given that, you know, I'm in a, I worked in a startup and if you've been in startups for any amount of time, you would know that there are some really horrible periods um, and, you know, where you are dealing with a mess, you don't know what's going on, you have, you know, you don't have a lot of sleep um, during crunch periods uh, that's common in startups and I I like to think of myself as a very hardy you know very um, I can take a lot of pain (laughs) Um, but I have been noticing that in the past couple weeks you know I've been more irritable than normal it's been easier for me to become angry to get angry over little little things and my productivity has dipped even though in theory nothing has changed because I've been working from home for for quite some time now Um, and in in theory I'm not uh, unused to a remote work configuration, but psychologically speaking, it is very, very different where you are staying at home out of you know your own choice versus you're staying at home because there is a stay-at-home order and all around you is news of the world slowly crumbling, it seems like. Um, so this episode will be focused on how to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others, right? How to put on the oxygen mask for yourself before you turn and put the oxygen mask on for the rest of your team. And I want to sort of start Start off with this idea um, that I mentioned in my previous podcast, where in the previous episode I sort of mentioned that you should expect your team's productivity to go down. I guess I should have made it even clearer that you know expectations are really important. So expectations for yourself, expectations for your team, um, should be adjusted way lower than expected. And uh, the the bar that I use here is. Um, 
Cal Newport's uh, Deep Work. So in Cal Newport's uh, book, Deep Work, he basically argues that a lot of your work can be done in just four hours a day, four hours of incredibly deep focus work where you're not distracted, you don't look at any other thing. And, you know, if you just sort of set your expectations, not a full eight-hour working day instead, uh, but just like, you know, a normal four-hour work day, I think that would be quite a change. And I think it's more realistic because, let's face it, um, if you're staying at home, it's highly likely that you have to deal with family. If you're staying with family, um, it's highly likely that you do have to adjust to uh, the fact that now you can't go out, you can't go to a cafe, you probably have to cook. Or if you don't cook, then you have to call takeout. And there's all sorts of little you know, changes to your daily schedule that you have to get used to before you can uh, you know, start becoming productive. So four hours a day is actually pretty reasonable, all things considered. Um, now, if you are you know, sort of uh, focusing on uh, four hours of deep work, then the same expectation should pass on, uh, shouldn't it, to the rest of your team, right? So uh, you should be very upfront and clear and say that, you know, uh, I, we, I only accept uh, four hours of work. That's perfectly fine. I totally understand. If you need to take breaks because anxiety or whatever, um, then feel free to take breaks. And keep in mind that if you're not feeling especially anxious, uh, there are others who may be feeling especially anxious. It really depends on the individual. Uh, I find that I, I was really surprised that I was affected by this crisis so much, even though it hasn't really affected uh, people that I know uh, directly. I mean, I, I do know one or two people who got infected by the virus, but they're doing okay. Um, and that's not to mention all of those out there who have family members who might be healthcare workers and working the front line, or, you know, if they are working, um, if you have someone who is infected and who is fighting for their lives, you know, that's a very, very different sort of situation. Um, but even I was affected. So in your team, you should expect different sort of reactions to this crisis. Some people would like brush it off and, you know, business as usual. But of course, you should also expect people who find themselves, you know, more more irritable, more angry, and less productive than normal. And when that's, you know, when you do the one, do you do your one-on-ones with your subordinates? Um, I, I've, what I found rather helpful is to sort of explicitly use language that you know enables them to express their feelings. So give them the language to sort of uh, talk about some of the things they're feeling. And I think one of the most powerful ways is I open this podcast by saying that I find myself to be more irritable. And the shorter way of phrasing that is saying that I am feeling bad, I'm feeling anxious, and I don't really know why. And if you sort of open up with that sort of question, say, are you feeling anxious if I'm not knowing why? Is your mood affected and you don't really know why? Um, that's sort of a way to get them to come out of their shell, right? To sort of say that, hey, you know, now that you mention it, yes, I do seem to be a bit more irritable than normal over the past week. And I never actually thought about it until you pointed it out. And giving this language to people, especially if they haven't thought about it before, or the language is not in their normal vocabulary, can be very helpful in sort of helping them uh, to sort of, uh, what do you call it, reason about their, their moods and their emotions and to deal with their moods and emotions. Um, my sort of third tip, so my first tip, you know, is to... Um, 
lower expectations for yourself. As difficult as this is, because you're in a startup, you know, if you're working in a startup, you're managing in a startup, then uh, startups tend to be more high intensity than large companies, in my experience, at least. Um, and the second tip will be, you know, use language uh, both for yourself and for your uh, subordinates when you're doing one-on-ones with them to enable them to sort of deal or conceptualize uh, the things they're experiencing and the things that they're feeling. But my third tip is actually really simple. My third tip is go and exercise. It's actually surprising what a big difference exercise does to your mood. Um, the, the workout that I recommend, which really only requires you to have a chair, uh, well, and a computer screen to load the website on, is the New York Times 7 minutes uh, High Intensity, I think it's High Intensity Interval Training, H-I-I-T. And it's basically a website where you can load it on your computer and you can click start. And it's uh, 12 exercises, I believe, 30 seconds each with 10 seconds break in between. And it's designed to sort of give you a full body workout, uh, the benefits of like a 30 minute run, all compressed into seven minutes. Um, And it is quite uncomfortable. It's quite... uh, the, the New York Times article itself describes on a scale of 1 to 10, the discomfort is at level 8. But the good news is that it's only for 7 minutes, so then you're done. And it's really surprising how much of a difference that makes to your mood if you set aside 7 minutes, uh, maybe in the morning once and once in the evening. Um, what a huge difference that makes to both your mood and your productivity if you include some sort of uh, physical workout at home. And, and this is, I think, weird uh, and unusual for a lot of people because most people, either you exercise outdoors, which I can't, I'm in Malaysia right now, and people have actually been arrested for jogging outside, uh, or you know, you're used to getting your uh, workouts and your exercise from a gym, or from a yoga class, or from a cycling class, whatever it is, a spinning class, whatever the newfangled things are called. Um, so working out from home may be unusual, and because your schedule is all in flux, you might not remember to uh, set aside some time to w- work out at home, and you also might forget, you know, the, the, the benefits of exercise on mood. Now, so that's the third thing. And it's a huge, huge difference. It's made a huge difference to my mood over the past couple of days. And I thought, you know, I think it, it's quite useful to mention it here. Um, the fourth tip that I have is uh, go and find a frame for news reading. So I think we need to acknowledge that it is perfectly normal and perfectly healthy to uh, feel two things at the same time. So it's perfectly normal, for instance, to want to not read the news, but at the same time, it feels normal to have no choice but to read the news because you feel like it's your responsibility, especially if you're under lockdown, to keep up with what's going on out there um, because it does actually affect your life. Uh, and this can be quite bizarre for some of us who have, you know, in more normal times, we will not pay attention to anything in the news because that helps with productivity. But in this particular case, in this particular time, you can't ignore the news because it actually might make a difference to how long the lockdown is going to be if you're locked down or how long the mandatory stay at home notice uh, is like, right? So accept the fact that it's possible to feel two things at one time, um, the desire to read the news versus not wanting to read the news at the same time. At the same time, it's also uh, possible to feel grateful and happy that the virus has spared uh, you and those you love at the same time uh, while feeling bad for all of those who have lost loved ones or feeling bad for all those working on the front line who is incredibly stressed and incredibly worried. And this is a very bizarre time, right, where you have sort of two conflict uh, sort of emotions on a day-to-day basis on many, many things. 
And um, with that in mind, right, when it comes to news reading, uh, there are sort of two schools of thought. I've sort of asked around my friends who are dealing with this situation. One group of friends uh, believe that it's your job to not read the news. And in some sense, I think they have the luxury of doing that because they're in a fairly safe country. They work in Singapore and Singapore's Singapore's government is very good at communicating the news uh, and taking care of its people and making sure that the virus doesn't go out of hand. But others, other friends are in places where it's not that great. Um, And so, Yes, if you are in a place where you think you are relatively safe, if it's a small town or if it's a uh, place where you don't think the social order will break down, um, yes, ignore the news and give yourself space away from the news, right? Um, The other frame is if you are in a country where you do have to keep up with the news because it does change day to day and the government's responses seem to change day to day, then what I found really helpful is to have a frame, right? A way of approaching the news that is more healthy that allows you to keep more of your sanity. Um, And you really do need to find that frame for yourself. The frame that works for me is this idea that when I'm reading the news, right, I am an observer that's collecting uh, experiences. Uh, Because I wasn't there as a working adult with knowledge of business uh, during the 2009 financial crisis, 2008, sorry, 2007, 2008 financial crisis, right? I was still in university. And uh, I feel like, you know, people can say and people can talk about what a recession is, what a depression is, but unless you've been in it, unless you've sort of uh, been an observer or a partaker of the economy, you wouldn't really have this deep experience, this deep toxic knowledge on what a recession is and how to navigate a recession. And so this is actually a powerful sort of experience to go through on a day-by-day basis. Okay, this is what it feels like today. This happened, this happened, this happened. Um, This is the progression of the news, the progression of the economy, the progression the progression of the reaction by, of governments to the crisis. Um, and, 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 you know, that's, this is really valuable sensory and experiential um, knowledge to, to gain, right? And so you're basically learning and storing this knowledge for the future. Um, and I've noticed that workers and professionals who have been through other recessions, they, you know, they say things like, this is not my first rodeo. I know exactly what to watch out for. I know exactly how to take advantage of this so that my business comes out stronger on the other side. And those of us who haven't really gone through a recession as a professional, I've been through two, but I was too young to understand uh, anything beyond the lived experiences of going through it and having my family affected by it. But and as a professional, I didn't really sort of understand. So my frame for reading the news is this is valuable information that I am gathering that will be useful as an education for the future for me. And this is how I allow myself not to be too affected by the news emotionally uh, and be able to sort of maintain some sort of objective lens as I'm reading. All right, so we are nearing the end of our 15-minute time limit. Uh, I wish that you and yours stay safe and healthy, stay indoors, Uh, do take care, and do watch out for yourself before you go and watch out for others. That's it for this week. Cedric out.